Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's Overcoming PTSD podcast. My name is Brad Shipke, and I'm here with my lovely, lovely, infinitely lovely partner, life partner, Aww. everything, Kayleen Wright. Hey, everyone. How are you doing today? Good. How are you, Brad? Very good. Great to see you. Good to see you as well. As always. Not that I don't see you every single day, but uh, every day is, is a... Oh, blessing. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a great topic today. It's, okay. a, it's, it's my turn surprise again, again to do a surprise. And it's about how and why you should be treating yourself like a, not like an individual, an individual who's just in the present, but as a community of people across time. Mm. What? <laughs> well, that's a good question. We will get into that. Okay. So let me explain. Let me explain. It's a really interesting concept mm-hmm. that will actually help, I think, will help you. It's a really, it, it blew my mind a little bit, and I'd love to like kind of unpack it with you. Sure. You know, once once we get into it. But it's a, it's a really great concept to, to, to think about you as you are right now mm-hmm. and all of your past selves and all of your future selves, and you take your past selves into account so, so if, if you think about this, we'll just talk about your present self right now and your past self, right? So like specifically okay. with trauma, let's okay. think about this. So let's say you have PTSD. I'll, I'll, I'll say a personal experience for myself. So I, um, I, in the past, used to feel a lot of guilt and shame for the way that I, I treated you at one point in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. And one of my response, here's a better example. At one, <laughs> one point in my life, I thought that I was a, a failure because okay. when I, this is a, a clearer and more accurate example. I thought I was a failure in my life because of my trauma and my PTSD, because okay. it didn't allow me to go out there and chase my dreams the way I wanted to. I couldn't, mm-hmm. I couldn't hold a job. I couldn't, I couldn't start a business. And when I tried to start businesses, I just couldn't function. So like, I just constantly felt like this, this failure, which was something that I kind of, had with me my entire life to a much smaller degree, mm-hmm. but the trauma kind of amplified it. And what I would do is I would be like, I would look at my past selves and all, all the instances where I quote unquote failed, mm-hmm. where I couldn't perform because of my trauma or whatever. And I would beat myself up. And that was probably one of the hardest things for me to go through mm-hmm. because I, it was before I had any tools. It was before I went on my recovery journey. It was before I really knew anything. It was right at the point where I was just feeling a ton of emotions, uh-huh. right? And I was just beating myself up and I wasn't even aware of it, but I was treating my past selves extremely, extremely poorly and myself extremely, extremely poorly. So the concept that I'm, I'm talking about today is like, well, you want it, you want to kind of think of it as not just you, but like it, like you are treating your past selves who is also you unfairly. So you're going, you have this community of people and then you look on the reverse side. And this is a a great example for looking into the future Mm -hmm. and how you want to treat your future community of selves, right? Of people, of future yous, right? Of you who's going to be there at some point. A great example is addiction, right? When you, you, you search for the short term, kind of gratification and you're not thinking about how that affects the future version of Mm -hmm. you, right? The version of you that's in the future. And if you think of that like as a community or as another word could be as a family, 
right? We kind of, it's kind of a similar concept as, you know, protectors or IFS or something like that, where you're treating, it's, it's a little different, but, um, treating yourself as a community of people within that and how you should look back on yourself and like, well, you, you see it as almost like as another person. And again, kind of like in our, in our last episode, we talked about like looking at things objectively. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I'm beating myself up. That that's not really warranted or true. I should have some more compassion for these people who are who are me, but like who are my family, who are my community. It's like I should like I should how or like a good question is like how should I treat them? Does that make does all this kind of like make sense? I think, and I'm gonna relate it to something silly, but do it. You always do it. I love your <laughs> silly examples. <laughs> I I definitely I see the the future thing. I I didn't grasp it. I think until you said that. But I remember reading online once something about like this guy was like putting away no this guy was taking out christmas lights to decorate his house for christmas mm -hmm. and it was like a tangled mess of christmas lights and he said something along the lines of like i'm utterly appalled at the disrespect oh. that last year's me is showing <laughs> me now that's and a great example i think that's, that's a so great funny. example you know i i think about that sometimes i think christmas lights is a great example of like set yourself up for success next year by taking a little more time this year, you know, respect yeah. <laughs> the future version of yourself that has to detangle these or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think I, I understand the concept. It's like a larger conversation, but it's a great kind of metaphor to how to actually think about that. Right. And I think that, that it's a, it's a cool thing to kind of unpack because then, you know, you can go into talking about like, you know, how should you treat yourself in the past and finding different perspectives on that or how should you treat yourself in the future and think long-term instead of short-term and just your instant gratification so that your future is better than your present. And all of that is kind of encompassed into this metaphor, which I thought was really, uh, just a really cool concept and way to think about it. Like treating yourself as a community across time instead of just one that's isolated in the, in the present. Yeah, I mean, I think there are a lot of different ways to conceptualize something that is not tangible. Right. right and so right, like right. whatever works well for any given person. Mm -hmm. Great. Right. Because that's what we're all always trying to do is just conceptualize something that we can't yeah. see and feel and touch. Right. Yeah. And like for me personally, and this is just personal, like I don't know that I subscribe to the community across time thing. Like I don't know that that aligns with the way that I see myself throughout mm -hmm. time. But like by all means, that doesn't mean it's right or wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a concept. And for some reason, it hit me. Yeah. Really strongly. Where, it, I don't know, it was just really cool. It just made a lot of sense. Where it's like, well, I want to treat my past selves with respect and with love. Like a family across time. It's yeah. Like, I want to treat my future self with respect and with love and kindness. And my actions and my thoughts right now, that is how I'm treating them, right? So everything is kind of gauged on that. Like if I'm beating myself in the past, beating myself up for something I did in the past, it's like, well, I'm beating up this old version of myself, like conceptually. So can I ask you a question? Sure. Another question. And it would be how, if at all, did like this concept help you make the shift from like beating up your past self to treating your past self with respect. Like how did this concept fit into that? Cause it sounds like you kind of went from this place of, I was beating up myself for not being as successful as I wanted. I was beating up my past selves, but then I started thinking of 
myself in this like community across time? How did, yeah, yeah. How did so, that change? Things so this you? wasn't like a, a big revelatory concept for me, uh-huh. but it, it made a lot of sense okay. to me. And I wanted to share it because I thought maybe at the right time for the right person. Of course. Yeah. It could, it could be that for a person for me, like I just came across it like this month, the past few months. Oh, okay. Right. So it wasn't like this big revelatory thing, but it, it more so it brought some clarity. I thought it was a nice metaphor for how to look upon yourself in the past or your past deeds or your past actions. How do you, how do you do that? Right. And it, that like, you can give somebody a lot of tactics and strategies, which are great, which I want to, I do want to dive in to how you, how you should treat yourself in different ways to actually go about and do that. But sometimes a metaphor can just speak so much and mm-hmm. like it can give so much information in such a condensed form, which like there's pros and cons to that because it doesn't get into the specifics right. and it can be misinterpreted and whatever. There's limitations to metaphors and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it can be a really great way to inspire a certain action or certain thoughts just by thinking, just by thinking, okay. Like imagining, okay, I'm talking to someone who's in my family or in my community. Right. So just having that perspective, how would I treat that person? Right. And that's how I should treat myself. So I just thought if I thought it'd be a good thing to share, but I, I, I think like, what do you think are some good or what are some ways that you personally I will answer your question though. Your question was, well, I'll answer your question in a different way. I'm going to change your question and then I'm going to answer that question. Okay, perfect. (laughs) I'm going to ask myself a different question and then I'm going to answer that. So you said, how, how, how did that basically transform me? Right. Yeah. Yeah. How did that That affect you? That concept, which I explained, but I think another question would be like, so how, how did I go from that place of beating myself all the time to not that would be a great question as well yeah right because it wasn't that specifically but it was something that is very similar to that right so it was when i was able to look back on myself from a different perspective it was it was when i was able to go back and question question that and i think a really good thing that helped me was like seeing myself as like a friend you know Mm -hmm. like what would i say to a friend what would i say to a, a loved one you know? Yeah, and then I'd start having that those conversations with myself, right? Which are just thoughts. Mm-hmm. Just start having those thoughts, and that started to shift things for me. And then I started to learn more, and I started to process the trauma and release the emotions, and <clears throat> all that just started to snowball on itself. And you know, it just started getting better and better and better. But it really started with questioning that, getting a different perspective, and seeing, hey, I didn't deserve that, or hey, I did do the best I could at the time. Mm-hmm. And all I can do now, or like the past is in the past. I can't change the past, but I can learn from it. Mm-hmm. I can get better from it. And I'm going to treat myself kindly for what I went through because I did the best I could. That's the, like, I did what I could back then, you know, yeah. and I can't change it. And I love that person because that person, like the person's just a good person. I know him. <laughs> He's a pretty good guy. <laughs> but just having like that perspective switch was a big turning point mm. mindset wise. Yeah. We talk about that a lot in self love, right? That the idea the module. of, or just self love, just in general, just, just in general with us. Yeah. Yeah. But also the module <laughs> in our, in our program. Yeah. Whenever I think of self love, I just think of the module. <laughs> <laughs> 
but that perspective, right, really kind of being the genesis for, I think actually that module is called seeing yourself from a new perspective, or maybe that's a point in the module. It's, it's called cultivating, cultivating. cultivating. Self-love and compassion. That's right. So a point in that but that's, module. That might be a better word. I'm always I always cringe a little bit at self-love. I don't know why. Still? Yeah, it's just like a little bit. Cause like, well, like I agree with self-love, right? But it's also it's also like, well, what is well then you go into like, well, what is love? You winding me right? up. Right? No, I'm not winding you up. Okay. <laughs> I guess I just do that naturally, but <laughs> I guess it depends on what your definition of love is, right? So like love, and maybe I can, maybe it's because I think of it in a very stereotypical way, right? When I hear self-love, it's just like, well, just, I mean, it's, it's a challenging thing to describe. I'll say, so what love means to me is like you do what's best for that person. Okay. Right. It's not always the easiest thing. It's not always agreeing with the person. It's not always, you know, telling them that they're always right and that they're the most amazing thing since, since sliced bread, sliced bread. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Nikola Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's about being honest. It's about being truthful and it's about caring and loving, but it's wanting what's best for that person genuinely. So I guess I do believe in it. I just, I, I, I'm having a hard time articulating the, um, the stereotypical love where it's like, you're, you're good enough the way you are. You don't need to change. I just love you for what you are. But like, that's where like, I do love you for what you are and you can get better and you can be so much more and you should be and do so much more because your life will be so much better because I want what's best for you. Right. So it's like a balance of the way that that's the way that I kind of interpreted but like when i think of the stereotypical things like don't change you're good where you are i love you whatever but it's like there's more to that it's like well if you just if you love someone you want what's best for them you know even if it's uncomfortable for them even if it's painful for them it's like i want you to go through that so that you can be better because i care about you and it's almost bringing me tears which is weird i don't know why but it's like just maybe it's just love like i just like that's the way i express love and i think actually i found there's, there's been a lot of people in my life that, you know, cause that type of love can be interpreted as combative or non-supportive. And I think that's what I feel a little bit. Oh, that your type of love is not. And yeah. 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 Maybe isn't accepted or something. Or just like, yeah. Cause we align Understood. On no, we do. We totally do. You know, and I think what came to mind, obviously, cause very recently I have been reading Harry Potter <laughs> are two different types of love, right? And it's Aunt Petunia <laughs> and Mrs. Weasley, right? And Aunt Petunia with Dudley, her son, just okay. you can have whatever you want. You want more birthday gifts. Yeah, you want like more spoiled, food. Rotten. Spoiled, spoiled, rotten. And really ruins him for life. Right. Really right. ruins him. Does not set him up for success, ruin, ruins him. And then Mrs. Weasley, who. Now, they both love hard, right? But Mrs. Weasley, who loves her children extremely hard, but lets them make make mistakes, enforces rules, enforces boundaries, makes them do their homework, you know, reprimands them when it's appropriate and puts them in... Has boundaries. In line, right? Yeah. And 
and they all end up being wonderfully successful human beings in in many many ways yeah right so that's a great dichotomy or comparison right yeah. there. honestly because that that that's a great visual for those of for those who know harry potter it's mm-hmm. an amazing visual which if you don't know harry potter get to know it <laughs> <laughs> i guess i don't know blank do listen real, to real silence quick, for the next five five seconds <laughs> real quick uh, a google search will do it but just think of someone spoiled and then someone who you know their their parents make them do their homework but still yeah. love them unconditionally and yeah you know and don't let them have sweets before a certain time and and all sorts of stuff like that right right so and in regard to self-love oh oh remember you you're saying uh I was I was winding you up. Was I trying to? Remind I was you? just about to get into that. Oh, good, if you good, want, good. okay. Yeah, I just didn't want you to forget because I was Not, really curious. Yeah. So in regard okay, to cool. self love, where I feel like you might have fallen, or maybe you fall when you hear self love, is where I think the culture can seem like it falls when we say self love and when we talk about self love, mm-hmm. which is more of the Aunt Petunia. Like I'm just going to spoil you rotten and whatever you want, have it. Yeah, I think that is kind of well. I said like the stereotypical, but like the. What most people think of. Cultural, right. yeah. Which is like, have the pizza, have the beer, uh, d- you know, wa- binge the television, do yeah. the addictive Let me X, give Y, you, and Z. Uh, 30, 36 presents, and last year you got 37. 35. And you can get mad at me. Right. Right? <laughs> I and, knew you were going to yeah, well, correct me. And that the reason i said it, are you winding me up right because i can get wound up on like the self care culture that i feel like is oh, totally yeah. wrong which is I'll like i'll wind that i'll wind that knob <laughs> which is like do the pleasurable thing and call it self care right so binge yeah. the television have the drink go to the bar go for the ice cream go for the pizza go for the whatever the bad stuff follow the emotions and have the fight pick you know pick the fight with that person and while you're emotional like do the short-term things that are going to give you that high basically and i'm not saying never have pizza or ice cream or anything like that like do what you want but in my opinion self-care is doing something that's good for you long term doing what's best for you doing right so it's like the same thing it's like self-love exactly doing what's best for you even if it is painful Right now. Right. So in regard to addiction, that's, you know, staying sober, even though that might be difficult right now, or it's, you know, not watching TV and going for a walk instead or reading a book instead or solving that problem, right? So maybe you're having conflict and you're trying to run from it with substances or food or whatever it is, right? And addressing that issue, Mm -hmm. solving that issue, not running away from that issue so that long term you're you're in the best position possible. So yeah. like doing yeah. your homework when you get home from school and then going to play with your friends, right? Do it. Do what needs to be done so that you're set up long-term, right? Not having sweets before dinner so you don't spoil your dinner. Like, and we're bringing it back to this conversation on like Mrs. Weasley, you know, as a mother versus Aunt Petunia as a mother, yeah. spoiled and then boundaries, right? Where it's like, it, that doesn't mean don't have fun, don't do the things that you enjoy. It doesn't mean never have ice cream. But maybe what it means is have a couple of tablespoons of ice cream and not the whole pint, right? Where it's like, okay, like I'm still indulging, but I'm not setting myself up for failure long term. I'm not giving myself, in my opinion, see, I'm getting wound up, I'm wound. Wind it, baby. It is not appropriate to 
give in to your every single whim. You should not always be in this mode of pleasure. There should be some boundary. There should be some discomfort, right? Like you as an Mm -hmm. adult need to enforce that for yourself, right? Whereas maybe when you were younger, like for me when I was younger, my parents would enforce like we weren't allowed to have sweets before a certain time. I forget what time it was. Or when we got home from school, we could have a snack, but Mm -hmm. they kind of portioned it for us. So it was like a... It's like a, like a half glass of milk, like a mug of milk, and like three Oreo cookies. And that was it. Guess what? I could sit there and eat a sleeve of 100 Oreo cookies if they let me, right? But they gave me the snack, time to do your homework, then go do whatever you want, right? And so growing up, people enforce those boundaries for us. But as an adult, we need to learn what those boundaries are ourselves. So you should be able to have whatever you want in your house or, you know, you get to bring it in, but like a gallon of ice cream and then only indulge on Saturday nights and only have a couple of scoops, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's up to you to enforce those rules and those boundaries. And you should not always be saying yes to yourself at the expense of the long term. Sometimes it's time to lay down the law with yourself and self-care is going in and doing the exercise routine. Self-care is going in, calling the friend, going for a walk, doing the processing, Mm -hmm. having the hard conversation, being honest with yourself, saying what's uncomfortable. Like going and facing the fear, not canceling the plans because you want to hide away and you don't feel like it. Like because you committed to doing that thing, showing up and doing that thing, even though you don't feel a hundred percent, like showing up to work, even though you don't feel a hundred percent, like just do it. Sometimes it's just doing your best. You said you were going to do this thing. You said you were going to be there. Yeah. Do everything in your power to be there, even though it's the last thing you feel like doing on the planet. Right. So like it's, can you tell them round? To, right? <laughs> it's it's about taking care of yourself long term, and and some of those things, you know, people will say to me like, well, you know, I I, I said I was going to go do this thing, but now I don't feel like it, and now I'm triggered, and this, that, and the other thing, and it's like, okay, like, but how are you going to feel if you don't do that thing? You said you were going to hang out with your friends. You said you were going to go do this very benign thing. You're going to have coffee with someone, whatever. You're going to help someone out, and then you don't. How does that feel? You're going to feel worse about yourself for that, right? And it's your job to learn how to manage, control, heal your emotions so that you can mm-hmm. you can be the person that you want to be. Because here's what I'm going to say to you. 99 out of 100 times, you're going to go do that thing and you're going to walk away from that situation feeling better than when you started it because you fulfilled on that commitment. You did what you said you were going to do. Guess what? Now you can go home and watch television, Right. You can do whatever you wanted to do. You can do both things, but it's about setting the boundaries. It's about doing what you said you're going to do. It's about taking care of yourself long term. Yeah. And taking, taking steps like that, you know, it can, it can also seem like when, when you talk like that, that the, like the standard can be so high that it's perfection, that you always need to be perfect and on and whatever. Right. It's important to also talk about like the, it's grad, like making gradual gradual changes, right? Gradualism is like, it's a, it's a really great way to change. You know, like mm-hmm. sometimes it's great to jump in with two feet and you go all in and other times it's, it's, you know, better to t- make small changes and really lock, lock them in. So I just want to give two perspectives on that where it's like, well, I mean, cause you, you said go out there and do the thing, like go to the social event. If it makes you uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you'll feel better 99 out of a hundred times. Mm-hmm. Like that's a, that's, pretty much guaranteed you're going to feel better for doing the thing mm-hmm. then come home and you know do something you enjoy like you said watch tv right and i also said i, I want to say too like self-care could be like for me like self-care was i talked about this on the last episode where we were talking about processing and releasing emotions mm-hmm. which is a great episode to check out by the way if you haven't um 
about how I would go to the marina mm-hmm. and do my processing sessions each morning. Right. Right. And that was me. And I'll, some some mornings it was literally me just laying down, mm-hmm. like reclining my seat in my car, my Toyota, Toyota Corolla, cranking the heat, and um, just relaxing, allowing myself to feel or cry and just relax, like giving myself the time and the space with no inputs just to relax. And like mm-hmm. that can be self-care. Taking a bath can be self-care. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like just relaxing, right? So there's Doing elements of self-care. Like yoga. The, like, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That can all be self-care yeah. as well. The point is that it's just not the pleasurable thing, right? It's just not like, oh, give yourself every every little thing. It doesn't yeah. mean it's not, don't do re- relax, relaxing exactly. things. Yeah. It's like Take don't bubble just baths and have do yoga you know, relax. do yoga and have ice cream and you know like do do, do those some gregorian things. chants sure yeah. do your thing yeah whatever you need i yeah i think i like how you said it the point is that self-care isn't just any pleasurable thing yeah any short-term pleasurable thing yeah because like relief tools bubble baths hanging out with friends watching a funny taking movie a nap. taking a nap yeah going for a walk like it doesn't necessarily have to be this big productive, productive. event yeah. yeah which is important too but it can look like that that's, it can look that's like the that. other point and like, it could be you know self-care is it does look like that le- right now you're doing self-care actually you're doing it <laughs> good job you're doing it what do you mean because you're learning oh you're not talking to me no i'm not talking to you <laughs> uh i was like what you, you know you're 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 learning something you're, you're putting yourself out there to try to better yourself in some way shape or form right so like yeah. just to open your mind to like what it might look like because i think there there's just a lot of different definitions like self-care is 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 budgeting mm-hmm. you know for your future and saving for your future and exercising and and sometimes it's treating yeah. yourself and like getting yourself the, the new jacket because mm-hmm. it makes you feel more confident and like you know there so it's this yeah. big big spectrum and you really just want to make sure that you know like when brad and i are talking about love this is how this conversation started like you're more on the mrs weasley side where there are <laughs> boundaries and there's a ton of fun and we indulge and it's just love but we also make sure that there's there's some restriction on You're getting the things done you need to get done. Yeah, on getting those things done and taking care of ourselves for a future. So we're yeah. set up for success. Because a big future. part of life is production. Right? Right. Like a big part of life is work. Right. And however you want to define work, but like doing something productive. Right. So mm-hmm. work doesn't necessarily mean like I'm going to a nine to five. Mm-hmm. It could, it could mean that, but it's more of like doing something out in society and being productive, right? That's a big portion of life. Um, it's not all just, you know, self care, self love, whatever, you know, like, and it which could be, I, I hope not many people would argue with that. Creating, right. And creating uh, creating yeah. art or like, or learning, but cre- doing, like doing a craft, learning, doing learning stuff. an instrument. Like yeah. there are so many different ways to, to kind of put that into action and mm-hmm. to go back to our, like, first kind of conversation about like community in regard to like self-care and self-love and we'll go back to perspective as well but thinking about well what does my future self have to deal with if i eat these two pizzas in this gallon of ice cream and i watch tv for the next eight hours instead of going for a walk processing my emotions and having a difficult conversation which would maybe take me one hour what does my future self have to deal with, right? So thinking about, right, because you're talking about like a community over time. Now that future self could be like when I get home or it could be like in a year from now, 
because this is habit and maybe even addictions, right? If I indulge yep. in this addiction a year from now, what does my future self have to deal with? Right. Like one of us has to deal with getting sober. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's both of us, but yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, um, so I think that's so an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's do it together, right? right? Let's do it now so that we're set up for success in the future and build new habits and, there's so much that yeah. goes into this now, right? Your thoughts and your perspective and it's weird. And it's like you could go so deep into it. Projecting out into the future because, you know, I wasn't really subscribed and I'm still not subscribed to the the whole community over time. But I, I what I used to do and and still do sometimes is thinking about my actions now, I project out into the future and like I would project out into the future. So like for me on like a sobriety journey, you know, I was like, okay, this is really difficult right now. But, and for me, like the focus was always like me when I had kids. So like me as a mom, it was yeah. like, okay, well, well, who do I want to be as a mom? So it was like, okay, so that version of myself, what do they have to deal with? Right. Do I want to be doing this when I have young kids and like going through this, this yeah. very difficult thing when I have young kids running around or do I want to be, I want to be there by the time, you know, I want to be sober by the time I have young kids and am in a marriage and yada, 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 right? So I would actually project out and put myself in the shoes of that, that future person. Yeah. So in essence, like you're doing that and like all of these things are like, it means it's all just a metaphor to kind of stimulate the conversation mm -hmm. and to give a different frame of reference on these concepts. But yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and it's it's all perspective, right? Because I wanted to go back to the re the reason we started talking about self love, and you wound me up. <laughs> was you had kind of mentioned like perspective? Because I had asked you, yeah. you know, how did this concept change for you? Beating yourself up in the past and feeling like a failure, and, yeah, and kind of yeah, what yeah. changed for you. And when we talk about self love, that's typically the very first thing we talk about is like taking an, a new perspective on yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. And so just getting out of your own way basically is huge because typically we're all really like at our core, lovely, compassionate, kind people. Yes. I'm actually <laughs> very often amazed at how, how kind the world actually is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> a really funny thing is that you live or nowadays with us, like we live a big portion of our day on the internet and mm -hmm. most Americans do spend a lot of time on the internet and they get a lot of inputs from the internet. And the thing about the internet is like you lose the human to human interaction. You lose the body language and the different cues and also the threats that people will, you know, may exhibit towards you. So like, if you say something like all the things, like not all the things, but a lot of the things that the, the, angry and the trolls and people say online never ever say to anybody in person mm -hmm. why it's because there's actual consequences mm -hmm. right whether it's like like you're not going to be socially accepted right there, there could be that punishment mm -hmm. you could be yelled at you could be hit you could be like all these other things but online you say it nothing happens there's no repercussions for anything it's the wild west it's the wild west and those things tend to get more traction on the internet as well right so, so at, least the, way, at least the way that it's set up right now and the algor algorithms work now, it's like those things get the most attention, right? And are promoted the most. And you can get a distorted view of reality from 
the internet. The internet right? and the news, too. And That's always been true with the news, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, they're showing the worst of the worst of people. But like, now it's like you spend worst. so much life, so much of your life on online that you get so many more inputs that you can start to believe that people aren't good. But I, I always like, like to think about like the real people that I see, right? The real people I see at the grocery store or at the gym or my neighbors or just my friends or other acquaintances that I meet. They're good people. Mm -hmm. Like no one's like a, no one's a jerk. No one's a jerk in real life. You know, like not like that. Like, yeah, you run into them, but like everybody agrees. Yeah. That guy's a jerk. Or no, or, or like, you know, just having a bad day. Right. And and that's what I think like you see on the internet and on the news too. And like, and it can get really like really horrific, but like, you know, at our core, like, and this is a core belief that I have, like, we're, we're very good people. We're, we're very kind and we're trying our best. And I think typically where we see conflict and violence and stuff is what I think is ideal for us. The future for my higher power differs from what you think. And I'm doing my best. You're doing your best, but that's where the conflict comes in because those things don't align. But like, I do believe that we're all just trying to do our best and that just looks different for everyone. And we're all like very kind at the core and we're all very like, like we care, we're compassionate and that either gets covered up from trauma or we see someone at their worst because they're having a bad day. But in general, people are, are so kind, especially in the, in the real world. When you look around, like someone holds the door for you that (laughs) they don't have to do that. You know, the the guy across the street today, we had a snowstorm, built a snowman, put a hat and sunglasses on this (laughs) snowman. And like, we live at a dead end. There's like four people that live around us. So like he did that for himself and the other four people that are going to see it. And like, that's so sweet and it's already melted. Right. But like people are, are really really good and i forget where i was going with that where did i start that perspective oh okay and so it's easy to to beat ourselves up right because we get in our own way but when we can take a step out and, and get out of our own way and just like see ourselves as we would see other people, as we would see someone we love most dearly in the world. I want you to think about the person or, or being that you love most dearly. Maybe it's your child or your children, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's your favorite. I don't know. Your, your children or your pets or just like a, somebody else out in the world, right? Just like a stranger. It doesn't matter, right? Or your best friend or your spouse, right? If you just take a step back, like, and you saw them doing the things that like you did and saying the things that you said to yourself, you would probably tell them to stop, right? Like if you heard your best friend or like if your dog could talk, yeah. and you heard your dog saying all the things that you say to yourself, to themselves, you'd be like, whoa, slow down. Let's pause for a second here. Mm-hmm. There's other ways to think about this, right? And how I used to what really first like the genesis of this for me of perspective and like self-love was, uh, you know, I think you Brad had kind of said something along those lines of like, Oh, well, would you, would you say that to Shiloh? Would you say that to, you know, your best friend? Would you say that to me if I went through what you went through? Or if like they were saying it to themselves, would you let them? Right. And I, I, that was like the genesis of thinking about it. And then I thought about it more and more and I was like, well, no, Mm -hmm. but I was like, but, 
they're not me, right? And then I, I really <laughs> yeah, started- Yeah, you come up with all these reasons of yeah, why, I came up with all why these you excuses. deserve it and they don't. <laughs> and then I started to think about like, I would not treat anyone else on the planet the way that I treat myself. Because it's yeah. horrific. I would not like treat an enemy, a perfect stranger, anyone the way that I treat myself. Especially like- the people that I love the most in the world. Like I wouldn't treat a stranger that way. Never mind the people I love the most in the world, the people that I'm going to be with, you know, for as long as I can be with them. Right. So like, again, you're like your pets, your children, your, your, maybe your parents, your aunts, your uncles, your friends, your spouse, right? Like the people that are going to be there, those are the relationships you want to cherish the most. Like, yes, it matters how you treat strangers, but it matters more how you treat the people in your inner circle, the people that are going to be there for the next 50, 60, hopefully a million years. Yeah. Right? Who's the closest? You. <laughs> but me first. Yeah. Right? And yeah. that's... Dude, it was so sad to see you. Right. It's sad to think about. It really is sad to think I about. I think one of the biggest challenges is like, well, you gave an example of how like I pointed something out. And that was a big benefit, you know, that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, most of the change happens when we're not together. But what were what would you suggest to people to start actually becoming aware of those things? Because I think that's one of the biggest challenges is like, do you even know what you're saying to yourself? It's like, well, that's a really hard thing to do. I would say it out loud. I would write it down. And then I ask yourself, like, would I say yeah. this to and then insert your pet's name? Your child's name, mm-hmm. your spouse's name, your best friend's name, or your neighbor's Whoever name. Whoever you care about the Whoever most. Whoever you care about. Yeah. Even like, it, I, I know this sounds weird, but it was powerful to me to put like a stranger, like someone I saw at the grocery store. I would not say that. Yeah. <laughs> I would never say it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even dream of that. Right? Even better is like, would you, would you say that to a happy stranger? Actually, no, that doesn't matter. No, just, I'm just in general. Yes, I only care about happy strangers. Yeah, geez. <laughs> happy people only. Right. So that's what I would do. I'd write it down. Like the, just by having this conversation, you're going to start to become more aware of your thoughts. Yeah. Right. So say them out loud or write them down or just internally ask yourself, what am I thinking? Would I say this about, Oh, okay. Insert somebody's name. Yeah. Yeah. But awareness. And I think part of it too, is taking the time, you know, cause we can also live in a, in a, this kind of whirlwind of technology where you're always, absorbing inputs right so you're always in input mode but you're never in processing mode mm-hmm. right so like you're always inputting your brain inputting information into your brain whether it's movies tv social media even just talking to other people and you don't really give yourself the time or the space to really just sit with nothing mm-hmm. and process allow all those inputs to be processed in your mind yeah and then if you add bad sleep on top of that, then you're really not mm-hmm. processing things well. Um, so I think giving yourself the time and the space so that you can be aware of what's going on. And it doesn't have to be long, but giving yourself the time and space to ask yourself those questions. What am I thinking right now? Yeah. Write it down. Just do stream of consciousness journaling. Like I would yeah. do that a lot and that was really helpful. Um, another thing that helped me was like meditation, mm-hmm. right? I always feel it when I don't do meditation, like I haven't done meditation for like two weeks now and things just aren't as sharp, you know, in my mind. And, but that is such a great way to become aware of the thoughts when you're meditating. And then also you bring that along through the rest of your day as well. Right. I remember when you first started meditating, you're like, this is, this stuff is silly. (laughs) 
This is so silly. I don't, why, why are you making me do this? But then you, you started to really like it. I did for a while. I haven't done it in, in honestly, just like a, a long time. And uh, I feel like I get that clarity and focus from my workout. Yeah. You know, maybe I'll, I'll add it back in just as an experiment to see like what it changes now, you know, because it's been a long time since I've done it. But it, it, it was really helpful. It was really helpful just to, to take that time. And I take yeah. more time now. Now I'm, I'm not on media and there's no news do, yeah. and there's no, um, you know, videos and, and shows and stuff. Like it's not this constant stream like you were just talking about. It's right. not this constant stream of stuff. So you give yourself stuff. the time so to So I do have a lot of time to, and I present. take that time to be present and just be and. Right. Uh, like I feel like in a really good way, my brain goes a lot slower than it used to because it used to just to be like like ping like around everywhere ping right? around like dopamine hit dopamine hit like scrolling on instagram and then uh, i was thinking about this the other day like watching tv and scrolling on instagram like at the same time so like you're not only are you getting like so much like the screen is changing every five seconds on the television because it's scene after scene after scene trying to keep you hooked in and then you're also scrolling on social media which yeah. is hit after hit after hit so like I felt like my brain went very fast and was like very unfocused and now I feel like my brain goes a lot slower in yeah. the way that I want it to be which is cool because just because it's present like slower is clear clear slower is calm focused yeah slower calm exactly focused yeah Right. So many, like, that's what so many people want. Cause it's not this anxious brain. It's not this anxious. You can focus. Thoughts. You can get things it's just done. like, okay, great. Like nothing's like, you're not next urgent thing. or you're not like urgently try, or worrying about anything, trying to get everything done, scurrying around being like, you're not anxious. Yeah, exactly. It's not Period, an anxious right? brain. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a calm, relaxed I, brain. I think that's a, like, if I had to imagine an anxious, anxious brain, it'd be one that's constantly bouncing around that can't mm -hmm. slow down. They can't think mm -hmm. You can't process anything because it's just worried about stuff, you know? Yeah. And man, the anxiety that, that those kind of inputs cause is in incredible. Yeah. It's like, if you just imagine if people, you know, gave, gave themselves, I don't even know how much of a break I heard of, uh, there's a book, I forget what the book was called. It was by Cal Newport. Never read it, but, <laughs> but I, 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 I listen to an interview with him about it. And he talks about like a, uh, doing like a Sunday Sabbath for technology. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's just what he called it. A technology, like whatever, but you take, you don't do any, you put your phones away for the entire day. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's a really good idea. Yeah. That's a really good idea. You imagine like all the stress and anxiety that comes from that stuff. It changes. And, and like, our lifestyles changed so much over the years, but like Brad and I don't have, you completely have notifications off. I do have notifications yeah. for my messages. And now it's like, I don't even miss them. But it was notifications for everything. I mean, for like games and email and messages and all sorts of like, and then social media and like all sorts of nonsense that it's just like always in the back of your head. And yeah. we've done stretches without, not necessarily completely without phones, but. Um, oh, I wish, man. Like I, when we went to New Hampshire this oh, was that was last so year now, nice. right? And it was just like, there is no, we didn't bring our laptops out. Like phones were the only thing and we, we weren't on them. It was just, they were just there. But directions, right? I think that's literally the only yeah, thing the we maps. used it for was directions. But man, no, we got this little cabin up in uh, New Hampshire over a lake, a frozen lake. On top of. On top of the lake. 
It was like an old boathouse converted. It's great. Awesome, beautiful place. And then windows all, like, they're actually sliding doors, but what were there, four or five of them? On the side, maybe six or maybe six or eight, because they do, did go all the way around. Yeah, not necessarily three sixty, but like yeah, 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 close to it. Um, but yeah, sat there with a heated floor and laid on the heated floor. Mm-hmm. I jumped in the ice one day and played card games played and card talked games to each other and, and napped and read, and read. And studied and man, like, that was like because y- you think about it, it's like that was the only time and probably since I was a child where I had no electronics no inputs for longer than a day well because we work online too right so we're always on our computers for for work and recording videos and you know like a new person man it's so refreshing it's so so refreshing nice we need to do that like we need to do that every quarter yeah we do i'm serious and it's a it's a different energy right and the way that we have our lifestyle set up is to try to like remove as much of that chaos as possible which is why we shut notifications off and uh sometimes we'll leave our computers at the office right and like and and take trips like that but you know even if you you can't or you're not willing to eliminate things like that in your life like just taking some time and space away from it even if that's just 30 minutes like it's going to be fine for 30 minutes put your phone away somewhere put it like in the closet like literally like put it in the closet put it in a drawer just for 30 minutes and go outside go for a walk or just sit just sit and be i remember like for and this this is difficult for some people before you really like heal like for me i remember one of the signs that i was healing is like i could sit and be (laughs) and not feel anxious to do something or or to like push emotions away or feel like I was going to get emotional or be anxious or, or get depressed or like have negative thoughts or mm-hmm. different things like that. You're sinking lower and lower as we have this conversation. <laughs> I'm feeling good, man. Um, but just to be able to sit and to be and to just let thoughts kind of, yeah. kind of pass and process information. And that like when we say process in this sense, I'm just talking about information that comes at you throughout the day, right? Like you have work information, you have family information, you just have information not yeah, not all processing is like healing processing. That's typically what we're talking about. But your brain needs time to process life. Yeah. Your brain just, is processing. Life is happening. Yeah. So. Every day. How, how important do you think that would be for... Because I'm just reflecting. Because like I never had that, that much time with no inputs. Mm-hmm. Maybe ever, honestly. Because even like when you talk about all inputs, like even people inputs, it's like having a alone quiet time like that i may have never had a time like that before how impactful and i just remember being so much calmer at the end of it mm-hmm. you know more steady and slower like how you described yeah. clearer more focused it's like i wonder what because i never did a healing vacation that long but i wonder if we did something like a retreat for like seven days if anybody would be like interested in that and what the benefits would be. I know that people do a lot of retreats, but if you designed it, I think we could design a really cool retreat that could help a lot of people. But just like that relaxing, no inputs, you learn, you relax, you focus, you process. And at the end of it, how about we just bring everybody on our quarterly? (laughs) Yeah, we could do that. A quarterly vacation. (laughs) We could do that. Man, yeah, but we, I mean, we do talk about something similar, 
which is the healing vacation. I think I'm just thinking about it like a longer time horizon. Well, it's nice to take the long ones every now and then because like for me, like working during the week and then if we can get Saturday and Sunday with nothing to do, ideally like both days, for me, that's amazing. Yeah, that's rare though. That is rare though because it's like, oh, we're visiting family or we we have friends coming over or we're working or something's going on on a Saturday or Sunday or we're traveling or whatever it is, right? So like to me, just getting that space in the weekend is enough for me, like going back the next week and then every now and then taking a long week, which feels really good. But after that week, I'm, I'm ready to, you know, to work, yeah, to work again. I think that's something I, I need to balance a little bit more. It's that quiet time. I think it's important. I realized like fairly recently, definitely in the last couple of years that like, I, I need the weekends. I need them to, to shut off and like leave the computer off and if yeah. I have ideas and no whatever, write them down, you know, and they'll be there for Monday, yeah. you know, write them down and then put them to the side. But that to me is really, really helpful. And then also I love like just staying at home with you. And like, I love visiting your parents <laughs> and visiting my parents and like having friends over and stuff. I love when there's nothing on the agenda all weekend. Yeah. That to me well, is because like that's when you can truly unplug the most right? relaxing because there's not that in the back of my head. Oh, we have to leave at four o'clock to make it up to Providence or we have to leave. You know, what time do you want to leave today? Two o'clock. OK, let's yeah. drop the laundry yeah. off. You know, like like all these right, different right. things that kind of um, kind of bounce around. But you can get that space in different ways. And that's, I think, the the lesson here with this whole big conversation is you can create that space, even if it's 10, 15 minutes a day. Like what I really like to yeah. do is before my workout it, if I feel like I need a little bit of space, I will set my alarm like mm-hmm. 10, f- even five minutes early, get ready for my workout, stand right now because it's winter in front of our little space heater mm-hmm. and just stand there or sit there in the quiet, in the quiet of the morning yeah. <laughs> and then go do my workout and then my, my day's off yeah. and we're off to the races. But like there's a way to get that time, even if it's only 10 or 15 minutes or five minutes. And to get that time to just to, to kind of be and just to think. Yeah. And and what that does is it, sl- it slows you down. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's very similar to meditation when you take that space, you mm-hmm. allow yourself to process and then your thoughts become clear, right? So the whole reason mm-hmm. why we talked about this was about getting awareness, right? Awareness on your thoughts so that you can gain the perspective mm-hmm. of like, would I say this to someone I love so that you, that you can then shift them and care about them and then treat your future self or, and or your past self better. Right. right. And that's how all this kind of ties in. And I think it's so cool. I think it's so cool. And we can go off on this tangent and it's like, then you bring it back. And yeah. It's just like, boom. It's great. <laughs> yeah. But because uh, getting space like that and getting perspective is so important. And it really starts with awareness and getting that clarity of mind, whether it's through meditation, whether it's, whether it's through regular breaks or like balancing your work and your alone time and your relaxation time and doing something that's truly relaxing to you that is truly self-care mm-hmm. that is not just numbing yourself in front of a tv or something is really rejuvenating that will really help you shift those things and process things and ultimately heal so if you like this podcast which we hope you did please rate it and subscribe of course and we will see you for our next episode i'll see you guys later